Welcome to this Steady Hand podcast. I'm Tom Bradley, and today I have with me Christine Montgomery from Edinburgh Partners. Edinburgh Partners manages our global equity fund, and specifically Christine oversees that. Christine, today we're going to talk about, uh, really follow along on a few of the past podcasts. You've been good enough to come and see us before, and uh, I guess this trip is a bit research, a bit clients, is it? Yeah, so it's a a bit of a mixed trip, Um, seeing you today and then off to do some research tomorrow. Now, the global equity markets have rebounded uh, nicely, I guess, since the lows of March, March 7th, and uh, we're barraged with news about what's happening in North American markets. Maybe you can give us a little context of how the recovery's gone in in Europe and Asians and elsewhere in the world. Yes, of course. Well, you know, North America was first into the recession, so first out, and um, Europe and Asia really following behind with a bit of a lag. Um, Lots of data points coming out now, and really hard to say that there's a real general trend or a, a real fixed upturn yet. So what we're really doing is, is stepping back from that and trying to get a fix on how the economies are going to play out over the next three, four years. Our view at the moment is developed markets, they, they got into this mess by borrowing too much and we're going to have to reverse from that situation and rebuild balance sheets, whether it's your own personal balance sheet or a company's balance sheet and eventually the, the governments will have to repair their balance sheets. So. We think there's a period of um, below-trend growth for the next four or five years at least when you see consumption a little bit lower than it has been in the past. And um, that, that's just as people save more, but also as they, as they pay more taxes. So if in the past we've seen something like 3 4% real growth out of developed markets, we think it's more like 2 3% over the next few years. When you look at emerging markets, just a different a different story there, and especially if you look at an economy like China, where there's definitely the will and and the ability to put money to work, to to protect the domestic market from the, the slowdown in the rest of the world. And you know we've talked about the decoupling before and how the, how the numbers don't work. You know if the U.S. consumer slows, the whole world slows. But in in China, we do think consumption, domestic consumption, will pick up a little bit of the slack. And we do expect to see consumer growth there running at quite a pace compared to, to what it's going to be like in developed markets. So, you know, our, our interest is in trying to find stocks that, uh, that will benefit from that, that growth. Now, given that more subdued uh, economic outlook, maybe we should talk about that shift that you've made and really started back in the fall, and we've talked about it. Uh, on, on podcasts and in our writing, we define it as sort of moving from defense to offense, and you've been pretty active. You've probably been our most active manager on that front. Maybe you could just tell us where we are, are at on that kind of move from uh, from being defensive to uh, thinking more about growth. Yes, well, if, if you look back a year ago, uh, about half the portfolio was in areas which you would recognize as being defensive, the, the telecom stocks, the healthcare stocks, utilities, and cash accounted for about 50% of investment. And now that's dropped to to around about 25%. And really what happened was, as you say, in the the fall, we got a little bit nervous about the defensiveness of the portfolio given the prospect of um, recovery through this year. And so we started moving um, into more cyclically exposed, more growth areas. But we're being very selective at the moment in doing that. We really want to stick with quality companies. So... When we look for growth, we're looking for growth 
which comes from high-quality companies, world-class leaders in, in their sectors, where we believe they can pick up market share and grow way above the nominal GDP levels. And the other area we're looking for exposure is in emerging markets. So you have seen a number of Chinese and, and Asian names coming into the portfolio, whether it's our Baidu.com, which is the internet stock, or China Mobile, which is a straight play on, on telecom growth in China, or some of the property plays, um, just really trying to, to increase that cyclicality in, in the portfolio. Where I think we are is kind of halfway there, and we're really having a bit of a pause for breath because with the markets going up, um, we really aren't finding that many pockets of value at the moment. So we're preparing for the, ne- the next stage in, in moving the cyclicality of the portfolio up, but really not finding the names um, and the valuations working. So some of the, the more cyclical areas in consumer or some of the deeper cyclicals, such as chemicals and paper, we're, we're laying the groundwork, doing the research, but not finding the prices yet to do the trade. One of your China stocks, um, Baidu, is, which is, I guess, the Google of China, yes. although Google is there as well, is maybe an example of what you're talking about there. Uh, you bought it well. It's tripled, I guess, and, uh, and now you're trimming back. Yes, I mean, that's, a, that's an amazing company. Um, it's the dominant Internet provider in China, and really what you're doing in investing in Baidu is buying into Chinese consumption and then really the sharp end of that, which is the media spend and advertising in, in China. And so really a, a very geared play into both Chinese consumption and and then just the development of the market. I mean, the, the thing which is going to be amazing to watch really is the emergence of a middle class in China. Um, you know, we think over the next 20 years you'll see the Chinese consumer Emerge to be as wealthy as the, the kind of European Spanish consumer was in 2005 and to go from that kind of agricultural economy to a very developed consumer economy is just going to be amazing to watch and amazing to invest in. So Baidu is a really good way of, of playing that really quite aggressively. And, you know, as you say, um, the timing was very, very fortunate. It's a company we followed for quite a while and there's a number of other companies fall into that that camps which we've bought such as Applied Materials or Fanuc where you really just get the opportunity maybe once every year or two when the market becomes overly depressed about something in, in quite an irrational way and with Baidu we, we got the chance over a few days to really put that into the portfolios and then really pretty much as soon as we bought it it started to perform which is very unusual and very good and now pulling that position back from from 5% to 3% in the portfolios. Now, technology is such a broad area, and you and I have talked about this. Uh, it overlaps with telecom, I guess. What, you know, with the weighting in technology having gone up a lot, and some of them uh, have really done very well for, for the fund, what are you looking for when you, uh, you go after technology? Clearly the growth, but is there other aspects? With the technology companies we have in the portfolio, we've really, really taken that weighting up. We've moved in the past year from 13% weighting in the portfolio to 26%. And what we're really looking for are world-class companies. And by that, I mean companies which have a competitive edge that can't easily be eroded. And the reason for, for wanting that is really to gain exposure to growth, which is way beyond GDP growth, so secular growth, which will give us multiples of, of GDP, 
even in quite a subdued economic environment. And alongside that technology edge, we're also looking for strong management teams, well-capitalised balance sheets. So, you know, sitting with companies like Cisco, Intel, and to some extent, you know, companies like Samsung Electronics, you know, although Korea has got some additional risks associated with it, Samsung, a world leader, very much benefiting from the loss of, of weak competition. And for Samsung, the competitive advantage, there, there is a technical uh, technology advantage but really for them it scales one of the most important competitive factors so losing the the weak competitors is really quite an important part of of the investment thesis playing out for us in that company. Christine I'd be remiss if we didn't at least briefly talk about financials in previous podcasts we've talked a lot about that and I don't want to do that today but uh, where are you on the financial sector as we stand today? Well, at the moment, we've around about 12% invested in banks, but we have some other financial investments. Um, We've just added Franklin Resources to the portfolio. We have some insurance exposure and also some some real estate exposure. So in total, you know, sitting around about 17% in financials. I guess where we are today compared to a year ago is that we're not worrying every minute of the day about what's going to be happening to the financials. And you know, again, there's a lot of detail and a lot of noise day to day, but stepping back from that, what we think is the, the banks that are left now are really in a position to make profitable deals in, in the marketplace, the yield curves really helping them out. And you know, they may have dropped from a situation where they, they earn returns on, on equity of 16, 17, 18% to something more like 12, 13%. But that's still, that's still very good for us as shareholders. And we're really quite happy with the, the holdings we have now. Consolidated some of the positions and now starting to add some more names. Uh, we've added HSBC into the portfolio in the last while and just now adding another new European name, Swedbank, into the portfolio. So getting more comfortable with the, the capital position and just sitting on, on those looking for some return really. Well, Christine, I know you've got to head to the airport. You're going to see your daughter's favorite company, uh, Abercrombie & Fitch, although I know it's a very objective reason because she's moved on to other other retailers. But it's been delightful having you here today. Um, We really appreciate you coming uh, in and seeing us and and talking to our our listeners and our clients. So thanks very much. And, And to you out there listening, please stay tuned for future Steady Hand podcasts. Thank you.